Welcome back, Borderline Raptors, episode 2,600,000. No, not quite that many, but we are, we're, well, you know what? Two years in, we're, um, we're getting there. Uh, Kitch, the only one to sign on this week. Denno taking a hiatus, a one-week hiatus, but he'll be back next week. I believe he's uh, on the golf course trying to break 110. Uh, but Kitch and I are more than able to last 60 minutes, uh, diving into last night's big news, Raps, uh, number four hole of the NBA draft coming up, which is a jump from seven to four. So we're excited about that. We talk about Lowry prospects, uh, free agency, cap room. Uh, then we dive into NBA playoffs, last night's big event, uh, the tough, tough loss for the Clips. Uh, and then a little preview of the Milwaukee Atlanta series. So uh, it's that. It's some backyard gambling, some what drives, and some AOB, and we are out of here. So uh, in about 30 seconds, here comes Kitsch right after the four-hole NBA Draft Raptors chant. Kitch, yellow. Uh, no Miguel Denomi this week. It's just the two-man crew. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure we'll survive. I'm, I'm fully vaxxed. Fully vaxxed this morning, baby. I'm ready to go. Out to the bars, hanging out with friends, hugging, <laughs> kissing people in the lifts. It's all good. I'm not sure that that has to do with uh, Deno not being here, but that I mean, I guess <laughs> this, the pot always has been about your your personal health. So yeah, that's good. All right, good to know. But fully vaxxed, that's, uh, yeah, you know what? Only six months behind uh, the rest of North America. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm early. But of course, you know, we say that, but all of a sudden now, all the news is around Canada being like the leader, uh, the number one rated vax country, uh, the G7. Like it's, you know, Canada actually is going to be able to be calling the shots here pretty soon as to how you do a vaccination program. Sure. Really, I mean, sure. it does help when, you're, uh, when the majority of your population actually wants to take the vaccine. That's yeah. a big help. I do feel like we're a bit we're a bit like sheep. Like we all kind of like, oh, I'm in. Sure, I'm in. Okay, all right, I'm in too. Let's go. All right. So yeah, so we're all we're all on board. Yeah, you know what? That's what society needs: more sheep. <laughs> right? Too many shepherds in the U.S. I can tell you that right now. We need more sheep. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, listen. Uh, no Deno, so we should be able to get through this quickly without his constant interruptions. So that'll be nice. Um, but obviously, the big news: uh, we have wraps. Raps talk this week for sure. Raps recap is a big one. And the big news is we made the jump. We made the jump from seven to four in the draft lottery. So for those of you who didn't watch last night, uh, the lottery was on. The Raptors are now picking fourth in the upcoming NBA draft. Uh, and basically what happened is we jumped into the uh, Minnesota spot because they landed in fourth. Uh, or they were they were uh, protected, a top three protection. Otherwise, they were giving their pick to uh, the Warriors. So the Warriors who ended up in seventh uh, means that's basically we swapped out with uh, Minnesota. So that was the big jump uh, and now lands us into what we're going to talk about here in a minute. What I think will be uh, a shot at legitimate future all-star. I agree. I agree. We moved up the seventh to fourth is huge. I know Bart wanted second. He came out last night telling us that he really wanted us to come. come well, second. no, what I, what I said was, and Denno jumped up. It's a good thing. Denno's actually not here today. I think there would have been some arguments or some, some discord. Uh, what I said was once we got excited, we realized we we're in the top four as we were going to break to the commercial. They go to the commercial. I'm like, Oh, I got visions of top two here. And that's all, but I'm happy with four. Like I said, like I said to you guys last night, four could be a one. You could get a, you could get a, a number one at the four pick. So I'm, yeah. I'm more than happy. 
Not upset. <laughs> good. Good. Um, we know because right, we know so your glass half full. Your glass half full now. Always. Always. Always <laughs> at the cottage for sure. I'm at the cottage. I'm always have. Uh, so let's go. Let's break this down quickly as to where we're going to land uh, and who we're going to get. And then uh, we're going to break down some additional um, cap space and where the the uh, the wraps are going to sit uh, at the end of all this. So number one pick overall is, uh, is Cade, right? He's going to, he's going to Detroit. His agent came out and said last night, we're going to visit. We're now going to visit one city. Yeah. He's one, he's one for sure. He's one, one overall for sure. It, everything you read says that he's going to be the, uh, he's gonna be the top guy to go. So yeah, he's uh he's a lock there. All right. So if we uh, both agree that uh, Cade's gone one to the Pistons, which uh, I think there's no doubt uh, that leaves. Now this is where it gets interesting. So in the two hole, you've got Houston who's in like the ultimate rebuild. Uh, and they're just going to, I think they're going to go after the highest upside talent uh, in the draft, regardless of position. Uh, then you've got Cleveland at three, uh, which is in a similar situation to us from a, uh, guard perspective uh, and then you come to us so if you assume that houston makes the 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 decision to go with the highest upside everything that i've read on highest upside is jalen green right he's the guy who can score he's the guy with with uh with the ultimate superstar more than all-star superstar potential um which would make some sense for them again if you you know they've got just a they've got no strength at shooting guard They've got no strength at small forward. Uh, they've got the big in wood already, so it takes maybe Mobley out of the play, the uh, kid from USC. But uh, I think Mobley's got, Mobley's got upside too. So now you get to, to Cleveland in the three-hole. They are obviously guard-heavy already. Uh, with Sexton, uh, who's the other kid? Uh, Garland. Let me tell you. Garland, Garland, yeah. Uh, Sexton and Garland, who have been uh, number one picks. And two, uh, I think the, you know Sexton's three years old uh, and... Garland was picked two years ago. So they are, they are guard centric already from a draft perspective. And I think they like Sexton a lot and they don't mind Garland. So uh, it takes the idea of Suggs probably off the table. And then you go to the, the best big, which is this Mobley kid um, who's got uh, defensive uh, capabilities already. He's going to rebound the basketball. The only question is, you know, what does he develop from an offensive uh, position? So uh, which then leaves us in the four hole. And I don't know. I mean, I hate to say this considering we drafted two guards last year to now a six foot five point guard ball handling uh, Jalen Suggs. Like, I think that's, I don't think there's any question. Oh, I, I really hope we don't take Suggs. Like, I really, really, like, if we, like, like last year we said, oh my God, we got a whole bunch of small guys in this team. And, uh, and do we go out and just get another small guy? Like, I, I, I hate that as our fourth pick. So I'm like, so, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Um, so you got number two. Um, I, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Suggs go ahead of, uh, Jalen green. I, I really wouldn't like Suggs is he, 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 he did a good solid run with Gonzaga all the way through Jalen green played 15 games for this G league elite team. I know he had great numbers with him shot. Well, but I, that, that would not surprise me if, if the Rockets went with Suggs over green, but I think you're right. Those are the two point guards. Those are the two guard type players. Green's more of a, of a, of a shooting guard where Suggs is more of a point guard. So I was hoping that, like, I was hoping that, well, ideally, the, the, of those four guys you named, the one I would want the most from the Raptor would be, would be Mobley. Like, we, we were incredibly horrific on the offensive boards. This guy's seven feet with a seven-and-a-half-foot wingspan. He, he's known to protect the rim. He's known to play good defense. 
Um, he's a great offensive rebounder. He's like they they say he's one of the best offensive rebounders rebend, re- coming out of college. So there's a guy that uh, completely fits where we really lacked last year. So it'd be it'd be great to get him. I'd be surprised if he falls out to, to fourth, but if he does, man, that's a that's a win for us. And the only reason the reason he doesn't go there is is the two teams above him take the the bet the best athletes in the crew. Like so it looks like Suggs and Green are to the two best well-rounded athletes that uh, that could potentially be superstars. Um, that they, they might just say, well, we, who cares? We're already covered that position. We want to get the guy who's got the best value at the current time and, and, and maybe mold him going forward. So that's, that's, that's sort of my, my take is, um, I had Suggs going to the, I had Suggs going to the Rockets actually. And I had Mobley going to the Cavs and then I had, uh, us, us landing Jalen green in the four hole. So well, I, listen, I think if Jalen green falls us in the four hole, that's a massive win for us because two things we're missing, right? Is big. We're missing big rebounding, uh, defensive uh, rim protection, and we're missing scoring. Like we need someone who can score the basketball. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Green, from what by all accounts, uh, from his run in the G League where he shot, I think forty four percent from three point line, uh, got to the rim anytime he wanted. Uh, he can score the basketball. I think that's gonna. I think. Oh my! I would take that in a heartbeat. And originally, I also thought you know Mobley to us would be a great thing too. However. He's a big, and here's what here's the deal on the big, and he's a skinny big. So it's we've already got one of those, and Boucher, as much as we like him, uh, he's a role player. Already, they're saying Mobley needs to develop at the offensive end. He's not polished offensively. He has no mid-range game, uh, and he doesn't shoot it from three. So, yeah, everyone likes his upside, great athlete, and he's seven feet tall. I mean, that's that's huge. Like I get it. Like those don't come around every day. However, I mean, you could be looking at a Wiseman situation all of a sudden where this guy. Um, is you know a project and takes him three four or five years and then at three or five four or five years i don't even know what we're getting at that stage so uh i'm not i'm not saying that would be bad like, i don't think any of these picks are bad but let's let's play I, I don't think green's there and i think mobley there's no chance that cleveland's taking a guard so i think uh mobley and greener i think it really will be sucks that we're going to be faced with but now let's tie this into the raptor situation if Suggs uh has uh, is there for, and everyone believes this kid is got future potential all-star in him. Then I think again, as much as we've drafted in that position uh, already, if this kid has got the upside, then I think it's almost a no brainer. And I just think it immediately says Kyle Lowry, thank you for your service. Uh, we will no longer even entertain bringing you at that stage. We don't need to bring him back because you know, you, you've got Flynn under contract for two more years. You've got Freddie under contract for three more years, and Suggs has to play. He's not going to not play. Uh, and if you bring Lowry back, well, you know we're not bringing Lowry back in a twenty-minute a game uh, position. So that would signify the end of Lowry. Now, here's what I like about this: we could say goodbye, Lowry. We're going to get rid of Bembry, Utah, uh, and Watson probably, um, and we're going to have twenty-three plus million ish in cap space. Utah State. We signed them. We signed them at the end of last year. For two oh, years. Listen, no, no, you, see, here's what you don't know. See, I've done the research. All right. Don't just throw shit out there. Uh, <laughs> his contract becomes fully guaranteed up to 1.7 million in August. We can waive him right now and it costs us nothing. Same with Bembry, same with Watson. They all become guaranteed in August. Uh, so we've got time to, to move on that. Boucher also becomes guaranteed in August, but we're obviously going to, we are, for 7 million bucks, we're taking him back. Baines also becomes guaranteed in August. He's gonzo. So there's going to be 7 million that we get there. Um, and, and then Trent, we've got a qualifying offer into Trent that 
if he accepts in August uh, at 4.7 million, so he's a restricted free agent. Here's the thing with Gary Trent. Because of these, the rules, you get a qualifying offer that he can accept or he can not accept. If he accepts the 4.7, which would be good for us this year, but then he becomes an unrestricted free agent next year, we have no rights to him. Um, if we, if he doesn't accept the qualifying offer, then he becomes a restricted free agent, which means we have the rights to match uh, up to whatever we want. So uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but I doubt he accepts the 4.7 million. I think he'll, uh, I think he'll go to the restricted free agency route, and then we'll, you know, we can decide what we want to do. But you know, he turned down four million, 50, four years, fifty-three million last year from Portland. They offered him that, and he said no. Wow. Yeah. So he clearly thinks he's in that 20 million a year range. Right. Um, so that's, that will be some decision-making on our part uh, to figure out whether, we, whether or not we bring him back. But clearly I think that was the plan to bring him back. Um, so if you do that, you get rid of Baines uh, to help offset some of that costs. Uh, and we're still, then you'd be in that sort of 15 million year range. So I, I think the big issue is important, but I'm not sure Mobley's the answer as a result, because I think with our cap space, we're going to go get two guys in that eight to 12 million a year range, hopefully some big bangers uh, that can uh, help protect uh, and defend the basketball and offensive rebound. And then you're going to build around Freddie and maybe Suggs. So I think, yeah, we I hope, think that's we, what we're looking at. We hope for that last year, though, Len, we got Baines, we got uh, uh, the Gillespie and what's the other the other big well one, Gillespie Birch. and Birch Gillespie and Birch we got late and I'll yeah. tell you right now had we started with Birch and Gillespie at the beginning of the year we'd have been better off with them than Baines and, and yeah. Len so that's right? but that's but that's what my friend I'm afraid going and get, getting an eight to ten million dollar big is you, is you're getting a Baines and a Len like that's that that was what we learned from this year so I, I don't think an eight million dollar big is worth a crap in the NBA anymore well, I'm not sure I like the use of the word crap like that that's yeah that's that's well that, that's your age no one says crap anymore that's your age showing uh worth a shit still still sounds good uh yeah yeah i mean obviously and i don't this is not a great free agency class uh by any stretch um but i think i think that's where we're going now the other side of this too is we have the 46th and 47th pick this is where Masai, assuming he's still around which god only knows if he will be um there are some options. There are some big in this draft that could fall. Like I think uh, the kid that everyone's talking about, and he's from Lithuania, which makes sense for us, um, is what did, I wrote it down here. Some oh, it's uh, Huck Porty. Huck, he's a seven footer. They've got him projected going mid uh, mid second round. You know, if we could sneak in to get someone like that, get a big, get a project. You know, yeah, that might that might offset uh, what you go and look for in free agency. Um, but, but yeah, there's a couple big big kids in late in the second round that maybe you got to find one of those and, and hope something like that works out too. Like there's no, no magic formula here. They're talking, they're talking about there's like, and we, we seem to attract these Europeans that, that, that they try to woo to Toronto to, cause they don't have the ties. Like the kid from Turkey, that uh, Alperin Segun, S-E-N-G-U-N. Um, he's, 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 he's been racing up the draft boards recently. He's been moving higher and higher. He's six ten. He's a proven center. So he's a, he's a polished low, low point scorer. So the guy scores well from the, from the, from the, uh, from the blocks underneath. And he's got, they say he's got great playmaking potential. So there's a guy that he's, I think he's projected to go like 10th or 12th or somewhere in there. But that, that after Mobley, I was going down the list. Okay. Who's, who's, a, who's a center looks decent going down, the, going down the there list isn't in, the, one. in the top 24. And that, this was the only guy that, uh, this is the only guy that, that sort of stood out a little bit was this uh, guy from Turkey. 
Yeah. I mean, that if you look at this draft and the projections, I mean, it is a guard, it's a point guard, shooting guard, small forward centric draft. I mean, it's, it, you look at all these guys and their heights and it, uh, it's all in that sort of six, one to six, six range. Uh, they're not a ton of bigs in this draft. And then I think, you know, listen, can you possibly think about trading out of that fourth pick? I don't think you can when people are saying this is a five, six person draft, like you can't take that risk. Um, because there aren't very many drafts where people feel like the first five or six picks could actually be all-stars. So, so what if you pack, so can we package the fourth? So we say, okay, we'll, we'll yeah. give away the, give away the fourth and Lowry, who we still have, we're probably gonna get nothing for many. We're going to be the fourth and Lowry. So maybe we get a big in there. Maybe you get this kid from Turkey uh, in, in the fourth pick, or you find out who, what the team wants and you put Lowry with it. And then we get somebody back. Who's a proven, a proven score. Wow. That was, that's absolutely the next the next topic of conversation and whether it's this week, next week, or just before the draft is, can we do something bigger with the fourth pick uh, that allows us to win now uh, and be competitive? Yeah. So, I mean, you can trade out of this for sure, but you've got to package it to get something. You have to get a real asset back now. And I think a real asset means somebody's going to contribute for at least three years. Again, I don't know if there's a ton of that out there, right? But absolutely the fourth pick uh, can be trade bait, but it has to be something that uh, we can't just trade out of it and trade down and get more draft picks. Like you need a real, real asset with this four pick. So listen, I'm also thinking, are we, you know, if you go back to your, uh, you know, your insider insight from last week, I mean, if, if Siakam is really being shopped, well, yep. now can you shop a Siakam, a fourth pick and get something really good in return? And I don't know what that really good is because I, um, at that stage, you're looking at a, bonafide all-star if you're giving that up and i don't yeah. i don't know if that's if that exists when's uh when's uh jv come off his contract oh jesus i, I would could, hardly i would i would take that, jv back in a heartbeat when you get him oh my god so would i he's got one more year under contract with memphis he becomes a free okay. agent after this year um but yeah we're not trading for jv if that's where you're going with this why not oh my you get giving up the fourth pick and getting JV in return. We need a big. We need a big that's, to play tough underneath. He's excelled down in Memphis. Yeah, that that's it. Oh that's my a, gosh. That's a great idea. Oh, uh oh. I I'd you know what? Mobley. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh my God. I'd rather have the fourth pick. I'd rather have Suggs. So, you, you want our six point guard on the team? You want six point yeah. guards not to run through we'll the package? We'll package Malachi. He's got to be worth something. Uh, he's worth nothing. We'll package Malachi, the 46th and the 47th pick for. Uh, for now, for JV, I'd do that. Yeah, I'd take <laughs> JV back in that trade. That's a great yeah. trade. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think we're going down that path. Jesus, I can. Brock's already typing right now. He hasn't even heard this yet, but Brock is already <laughs> typing, saying, "What the fuck? What did Kitsch just say?" <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the next few weeks uh, leading up to the draft are going to be very, very interesting. Uh, I think the the best part about all this is the wraps are back and we're, we're back in business here a little bit we got a little bit of mojo with that fourth pick it gives us something to think about yeah uh, i don't know if it gets us to a stage where we're competing for a top four in the east uh just yet but it's certainly like if we do get it like i i think you i think we end up keeping the pick i think we uh and whoever we get we're thinking this is a long-term 10-year type guy uh that becomes a future all-star within sort of three to four years and if we got that oh my god i would be be the happiest guy in the world Right. Yep. And if we get rid of Siakam, oh my gosh, even better. It gets up. <laughs> now, you know what? I don't know that Memphis is in the market for a Siakam type, but listen, a Siakam for JV, 
uh, plus us getting a couple of draft picks back from uh, Memphis. Yeah, yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah, yep. something like that. I would absolutely consider that guy. I think J. Yeah, I think JV had an awesome year, an underrated year, something like that for sure. But I, but again, if you're Memphis, why in the world are you giving up a rarity in this league? Right? You're oh, giving yeah. up a, a can, you're giving up a 15 and 10 guy, which is hard to come by. Yeah, but if you but like our scenario, if you got him for a year, is he going to hang? Around, if he's not going to hang around after the year, do you get something for him when he's got some value still? Which yeah. which we don't we don't do in Toronto, but uh, but no, I, I agree. And then I think you actually have a coach now, and like Casey would know how to use JV, uh, which was the biggest thing, right? Casey ruined JV in Toronto, as far yep. as I'm concerned. Like, totally, totally. Uh, but you know, and just quickly on that, it's amazing. Casey is still has a job in Detroit. Like they, oh. what, what do they know that we, do? I mean, <laughs> he couldn't handle a team of veterans, let alone now a team, a bunch of young guys. This will no. be, this will be a disaster. It's shocking that they, that, they, that he didn't go. He, they let it, they let no. him go. I know. Shocking. All right. So I think that's it for, for Raptor. Lots to lots going on here, but I really do. I will leave us with this. I do think this, this fourth pick, unless something crazy happens, that is the end of the Kyle Lowry. Um, situation in Toronto. I, I don't really, know. I really believe that. I don't, I don't want Suggs. I really don't. I really don't I want what? another point guard. I, I, I want Suggs if the hype is real, right? If you think that guy's an all-star in three years, why wouldn't you want him? Why would you not want that guy? Yeah, I'm not convinced the hype is real. That's my, that's my, uh, that's my hurdle with him. Is that based on your extensive research? Based on me watching Gonzaga last year. I watched about five of the games last year. I thought, yeah, it's okay, but I, I, yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't leave me with that. Oh, I really would like to have this guy on my team when I watched him play. Yeah, but we talked about this too before. It's not. I felt the same way about Cade. It's like, yeah, I like. It. But again, the college game's so much, so different. Very much. Uh, I, I don't think you necessarily get to see their full complement of skills uh, in those offenses and forth. But I felt the same way about Cade. It's like, yeah, he looks good, but it's not like they're talking about. Like, they were talking about last night, like this guy is a guaranteed All Star. It's like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I, I was surprised at that too. I, I I was the same way. I, I I actually I saw him play a couple games where he went off and he looked awesome, and I saw him play some other games where he was very in the tournament. He was very well, mediocre, very mediocre, and that's your yeah. time to shine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, obviously this whole thing's a crapshoot, uh, but I just like the fact that we're we're number four in what they're calling a six a six deep draft. So that's we could be in way worse spots. Yep, way worse. Yep. Spots. Uh, all right, listen, moving on. Uh. NBA, NBA playoffs. Kitch, you want to take you want to take us through last night's game? You want to, you want to start with last one? night's game? Oh, um, well, let's go. Yeah, we'll go with the most recent. Then we'll get into we'll we'll quickly dissect the Nets Milwaukee thing, uh, and then we're going with uh, the rest of. But yeah, let's go last night. All right, so we'll come, we'll come back to the longevity of the end of the game last night. So we'll come back to that later on. Yes, um, but but looking at just the some of the dis, the things that happened down the stretch. Like I was listening to talk radio this morning. Um, uh, just NBA talk radio talking about the game. And never, ever did they mention once in any of the in any of the calls, the two free throws that Paul George missed in the game that could have could have at least iced iced an overtime. Well, t- yeah, worst case scenario, good overtime. Up, yeah, would have put him up by three. Like, and 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 he missed both those in the game, and they just became because so much happened after that, they became a mute point. But there's an all star going the line to 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 solidify a game and missing both free throws. Think of how many times you've you've had a guy at that caliber miss both free free throws. It's, I can't I can't even think back in time when that's when that's happened. And then the thing well, that sorry, uh, let me just jump in on that because don't forget this is the same guy and actually it happened last year in the bubble Dame level Dame Lillard yeah and then not a playoff oh, yeah. game right. Dame yeah. Lillard but in a big in a big bubble game to get them in he missed yeah. two with that but Paul George called him out for it 
right? Yeah. When he made the comment about Dame time, uh, right. all that shit. Yeah, right. right. He did all that, and then look at. I mean, again, I hope I hope people realize as soon as you do shit like that, it's going to come back to get you. And but I agree, it was it was it is an overlooked uh, subject matter uh, because those are two like makes one even with points. They're probably not yeah. shooting a three. They're getting overtime. He makes one. Exactly. They're getting overtime. And the, and the other thing that that sh- shocked me in the game is let's take the dumbest individual on our team and put him on the inbounder. Like, so they put co- cousins on the inbounder. <laughs> so the boogie, the boogie hate. Here he comes. The boogie <laughs> hate. <laughs> So you you have to defend the inbounder between you and the basket. If you go back and watch it, he's defending straight on the passer. So he's given he's given oh, what's the guy Crowder. He's given Crowder the open lane to throw the ball towards the basket. He's like protecting the top of the key pass, the three point pass, like basics one on one basketball. Is you stand between the basket basket and the player, especially when there's point. Seven par point nine seconds left on the clock. <laughs> like make them beat you with an outside jumper. Yeah, but do you uh, think do you think yeah. he has the ability at that? Because they they bastardize the rules about where they actually accept the ball. Like he's pretty far back behind the baseline at that stage. If you look where he's standing, yeah, like Crowder's. It would have been hard for Boogie to be all over him to to impede a lob. Like I don't think I think that lob pass was getting in regardless. Yeah, but even blocking it. And the other and the other thing too is is that defender who's covering uh, who's covering uh, Aiton. Why, like, why is Zubach. he chasing him? Zubach? Dubach, yeah. Why is he chasing him? Like, like that guy, they're not going to throw that ball to that guy at the top of the key and he's going to try to beat you with a 15-footer. Like, he, he tried to run through that through that cut. Beta missed uh, missed the switch, which he should have done the switch. But he shouldn't have been chasing Aiden eight, eight through that. Like, he well, should have dropped underneath and caught. Where, like, what did you think they were going to do? They were, That was the most obvious thing is they were going to throw an alley-oop to try it because they had no time in the clock. They weren't throwing this out, hoping for a guy to throw up a prayer shot. That was that would have been the second option. So here's what, so I watched uh, a Twitter clip this morning that had every angle of that play. Uh, and what amazed me were a couple things on it. Um one, so they they the smart thing that that uh, Williams did in the, in that environment is what you have to do. You have to create action misdirection to maybe get lucky, and that's what they did last night. They got lucky that the Clippers fell for it. So bad coaching on Lou's part for sure, because sure. yeah, there's sure. only a couple fucking options here, and one of them is going to be at the rim. So my Zubach, who's seven foot. 8 million. I'm telling him you're never coming out of the fucking key. I don't care yeah. where they start eight. Cause if Aiden beats us with a 25 footer or a 20 footer, guess what? I'm going to live with that. I'm going to live with it. Right. Totally. But he's not going to beat me at the rim on the, on the most likely place. So they have eight and go set that pick with some other guy coming off it, but the guy coming off, it's like running to the other end of the court. So, you know, that guy's not in play. And then all they did was have uh, eight and then peel back towards the rim and Booker, which by the way, Booker should not be able to set a screen on Zubach to, to free him up. But Zubach followed him all the way out when he set that initial screen. So they went for, they went for the rope-a-dope, right? They went, Oh fuck yep. eight and setting a screen. So he's not in play here. They went for the rope-a-dope. If Zubach is four feet off him when he sets that first screen, it, this doesn't happen and it's game over. So it's just, right. it was good misdirection because that's what you have to do. Your main option should not look like he's your main option to start. I love that Monty Williams did that, but I can't believe fucking Clippers fell for it. Oh. Right. I cannot believe the Clippers fell for it. Uh, and then, yeah. And then they throw it up and eight makes a great play. And, and now you're fucked. 
Yeah, and cousins, and cousins block that line of sight. I know it might have been a lob, but make it make it not like like Crowder threw a like a, a, a picture perfect right. Almost he almost made the basket himself. Or it, it wasn't very through. It was so, it was it was a nice like, throw. If 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 Cousins could have blocked a bit of that line of sight, even though he couldn't have blocked the ball because it went over his head, I still think he could have made a difference on the inbound play. But he's jumping around covering the three. He's a he's a moron that covered this. <laughs> Uh, boogie, <laughs> poor boogie. Really, you know what? Boogie's un- unrestricted next year. I could easily. It's a big. Oh, it was will, a big for. I for will two burn million my, we could get. I will burn my jerseys. I will. Ooh. Oh my god! I will. I will boo Boogie as a Raptor. I, I would. I. I really hope Boogie's on the on the twelve oh, roster next year. Geez. I'll be there opening night. If he is, I'll be there opening night cheering him on. I'll with my cousin's shirt on. Absolutely, <laughs> right next to the bench with my cousin's shirt. Jeez. Yeah, so listen, that series, uh, obviously now, I mean, here's the other thing. I, I'm guessing Kawhi's not coming back. I oh. think it's been radio silence just because they've been hoping that rest and somehow, but he's not coming back. No. The Clippers are Clippers are done. Paul is coming back yep. for game three. Uh, Clips are done probably in five. My guess is they steal one uh, and then Clippers and uh, Suns in five. We should bet that. We should bet Suns in five. I think that's a... You can bet it. A, you can bet it. I was looking at that last night. You can predict the series. Um, so yeah, I mean, all of a sudden... Suns and you know how about their their backup point guard last night Payne was it yep. Payne yeah it's Payne twenty nine yep. points come like yep. that's huge and I mean yeah they just they're they're almost a little bit of destiny right now this could be like the Chris Ball destiny situation and I'm telling you the the nice thing about this is we're gonna have a finals with actually with no clear favorite it doesn't matter and I'm and I include Atlanta in that if Atlanta somehow beats Milwaukee which I would not rule out of it out of the possibility of it happening. Uh, I don't think you've got a clear-cut favorite in any matchup that, that's out there, which is exciting. Which will actually be a fun series to watch, regardless. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and you got you got teams that 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 really didn't bring all the superstars in. Like I think there's what there's what I think there's one one superstar still playing in the top eleven or, or twelve. I listened to Simmons podcast. He said that like one and twelve are still out are still actually in action, which is fantastic for the NBA. Yeah, except that it's. Uh, followed up a lot by the, uh, the injuries. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's gonna, totally. Yeah. Uh, okay. So listen quickly, Atlanta, Milwaukee. Any thoughts? Well, well are we going to talk about the Nets in Milwaukee or is that, is that can, completely that, gone? No, that can be, no, that can be part of it. Absolutely. How we got here. Like they got there. So the box got like the box were not winning. If, if you had Kyrie or hard and healthy, they they were distinctly the best team. You can see the Nets were the best team in the NBA, but as soon as those guys went down, they, 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 they the Bucks eked out a victory over these guys with uh with uh, with the win over the uh with the win over the uh the nets just just do the injury bug and i tell you like if if durant's toe is one or their back boonheiser is definitely out of a job and like to, just to think think how close boonheiser was to getting canned by the toe of kevin durant so. yeah i mean listen I'm, I'm still not ruling it out that he's not done here if they were somehow if they lose to atlanta I'm not ruling it. And if they lose oh, to Atlanta with him coaching the way he's been coaching, yeah. then I'm not sure that uh, he isn't gone. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. I mean, it's kind of incredible that, that I mean, you think about it, the Nets got nothing from anyone other than Durant. I mean, Golf. Harden clearly wasn't, as much as I hate Harden, clearly he was trying to do uh, the best he could out there. Harris, Harris, Harris was, was awful. Disaster. Oh, it was a complete disaster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you're, ba- you're banking on like spotty, bench players to come out and help you out and you know they got a little bit of it so Durant was really a one-man band but then I must admit I was a little disappointed in Nash towards the end of that overtime too like there was not a lot of uh, movement on offense everyone knew KD uh, 
was going to do whatever he could do. He was clearly exhausted by the, I mean, that last shot that he threw up to try and uh, send it to a second overtime. I mean, airballed it because he had, he had nothing left. Uh, I, I, I didn't think Nash did well in the, in that moment uh, of trying to, to figure a different way uh, to score buckets there. Um, but yeah, obviously Durant hits that turnaround. What he thought was, he thought it was a three. Yeah. He said that after he's like, Oh, I didn't realize he's like my big ass foot was on the line. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how close it was. And then next thing you know, uh, but no, like, again, when you want to talk about lost in the shuffle, coach bud is now sort of getting a pass. Yeah. Uh, no one's totally. really talking about how, what a disaster he really was in that series or throughout the, the last couple of years. Uh, so yeah, I mean, crazy. This is, but this is, you know what kills me about all this is holy fuck. We should have known again, all this shit. We should have known the Lakers and the Nets. There's no way that they were going to be in the finals this year. Like this is a crazy <laughs> year. Right? Yeah. We should have bet craziness. And I didn't. No. I waited way too long to bet craziness. <laughs> and I should have been. I should have been all over. So I'm disappointed. Also, funny yeah. tidbit, real quick, guys. Funny tidbit is Durant wears one size bigger shoes than his actual feet are. So he's a size 17 by by nature, but he wears size 18s. And if he was wearing his actual size, he would have hit a three there. So I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> You know, and the exact opposite of the hockey uh, phenomenon. Hockey guys, you know, they put on skates two sizes too small. Yeah. And there you go. Who knew? There you go. Who knew? <laughs> that's so you know, that's Bart, a nice little tidbit. And Bart, before we get on to the, the finals, we have to we have to discuss the Sixers. We have to discuss the 76ers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. How did Atlanta get here? For sure. The yeah. Sixers. Doc Rivers. I mean, I'd fire him. I'm not joking. I'd fire him immediately. There's something, there's something he just doesn't. There's something he's lost. Like he... He he had a great team in L.A. and a great team in Philly, and and both are completely disappointed. So there's something that Doc is he an old school coach that can't adapt? Is he not good at in game? I who knows? But yeah, there's a there's a weakness there that he, that's starting to starting to well, hundred percent. I mean, I think this is, and we talked about, we touched on a little bit last week about you know the by the way, I almost won. I almost won my bad coaching parlay. If it wasn't for fucking New Jersey uh, <laughs> or uh, Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> But there, clearly, I mean, we talked about this last week. Doc does not change up his his strategy. He nope. goes with it. There's no in-game adjustments, right? He sticks with the same rotations. I mean, why is Dwight Howard playing basketball in that in that environment? Right? You know what I mean? Yep. Like Joe Embiid, guess what? You're playing 48 minutes this game. Howard, yep. have a seat. You're not coming out here to, to get a technical foul and screw them 10 different ways and be yep. in, like – but that's it, Doc. He's like, this is how, this is what we go. This is my game plan. This is what we stick with. It's like, fuck. How about this? Throw the game plan out the window, right? The moment you're down 10 points to those fuckers. Yeah. Right. Go, oh, this isn't working. Right. Yeah. Like it just, it, it just doesn't make any sense. It, it, I think, and again, I think this all comes down to, you have to understand what's working, when it's working and why it's not working. And then fucking make adjustments right there and then. Right. And he doesn't do it. And he nope. doesn't do it. And then, you know, they overpaid for Harris. Like that guy making 30 million bucks a year. He is not an all-star. You just can't be locked into that sort of guy. And he didn't, I mean, he looked terrified in, in most of those games. Terrified. Uh, well, you know who they're overpaying. Oh, yeah. oh, oh my God. God. Like there's a guy, there's a guy. He shot, he shot three shots in the fourth quarter in the whole series. Like the yeah. whole seven games, a total of three shots in the fourth quarter. This is your, all-star starting time all-star three-time all-star starting slash point guard kind of a pseudo point guard who's afraid to shoot the ball shut shot 30 
uh, was it 34.2 percent? So 25 of 73 in the in the playoffs. 30, so that is a record low. And and to to put this in perspective for guys who are little little more old here, Shaq Shaq shot 37.4 percent in 2006. So three percent higher. And and if you remember those days in 2006 when Shaq was shooting, it it was just it was a it was a horrible like it was he would go to line and. He would throw the ball off the backboard like it was. It was just an awful shot. And to think that this guy is worse than that, which is the worst we've seen, and I can still remember clearly how bad it was. That is shocking. That 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 this is a guy who, and he's not a big. He's not like an awkward big. He's he's a normal, like a decent sized NBA player. He just, it's just, it was it was yeah. appalling to see that. I mean, train wreck to. But again, I blame I blame Doc for a lot of it, right? Um, uh, he's got to deal with that in a much different capacity. You don't just start taking him out with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean. Take him out. Like I would have had him. I would maybe would have brought him off the bench. I would have made, I would have maybe sat him. Like I would like when you are playing four on five basketball, the other teams had a huge advantage. I mean, they didn't have to yep. think about him offensively. They did not have to think about him offensively at any point in any fourth quarter of the last three nope. games. I mean, that's, nope. that's massive. Right. No wonder you lost two of those three games. Uh, so I, yeah, I, he's a head case. And then the Stephen A. Smith from yesterday, I don't know if you saw that he's live on TV going, I just got a text from an insider in Philadelphia who said the biggest problem uh, is that Ben doesn't work hard. Uh, he doesn't care. And he's got people around him, uh, you know, that, that are not helping the situation. Right. So they, it might not be fixable. A lot of people are saying he's played his last game uh, in a Sixers uh, uniform, which I think is absolutely false because how could you trade him now? I mean, who yeah, wants him? Who's, who who fucking want him? Who's going to pay for him? Your best yeah. bet is to go work with him all summer, get him in some sort of reclamation prior where he looks decent going into halfway, and then trade him at the All Star break. Right? Yeah. That's your that's your best hope with him. And the other thing too with him, I think, is he's, he's not like, he's not a point guard. So uh, th- this and this is something that I think was massively obvious in this series. Why the fuck did these guys not go get Kyle Lowry? If they had Kyle Lowry running the show there. And you put Ben on the wing. They went and got George Hill. George Hill was completely like useless or, or non-existent in the playoffs. So there's a guy they picked up for the playoff run, did nothing. So you brought Kyle Lowry in there to run that. Oh my God, that team looks so much different. Feeding, feeding Simmons on the wing, who can then make an, easy, an easier entry pass or maybe drive to the hoop from the wing. But from the top of the key, Simmons couldn't do anything. Like it was, it was glaringly obvious that they screwed up and not picking up a, a true well, decent point guard. To, not to, to mention... Not to mention all the fake charges they would have got too. It's huge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Really really factors in. Uh, Yeah, listen, I think Larry makes a huge difference. But here's two things: they uh, they wanted Maxi, right? Masai wanted Maxi, the kid from um, uh, Kentucky. Yeah, and obviously they weren't willing to give him up. And that kid, actually, I like him. I think he's going to be good. So they're sitting there going, so I kind of get if that was our ask, and they said no, that's our future. Like I kind of get it. However. The only way I would make that trade is you thought I am winning this year, right? That's you trade Lowry to think I'm going to win this year. And I guess they probably didn't believe that they were going to win this year. They're first. They're up. They're up. They're first in the, like if you're, if you finish first in the Eastern conference that you're, you're I know when are you going to win? I know when are you going to win? What else are you going to win? You're there. Yeah. Yeah. Just a whole disastrous situation played out and it just, it like came to its head when they lost that series. Like it was, well, you look at, you look at that last game. So I, if, if you said kitsch, I missed the last game and I say, okay, Bart young, Trey young, he went five for 23 and got 14 points and Bogdanovich blew his, blew his ankle or knee out, got played 21 minutes, got four points. Who do you think win, wins that game? Yeah, no, obviously. Right. I mean, like, yeah, shocking. You look at the that, statue. 
I yeah. know. However, if you watch the last four minutes of that game uh, without the score up or any of his stats up, you would have thought Trey Young was going on for 50. Like that guy totally. carried himself like yep. he was the man. Timely. Didn't matter. Yeah. And listen, I don't know. I don't think it's shtick. Like there are certain people who believe that they can, you know, that's what Jordan always had. You could be over 20, but guess what? You're shooting. You're sh- and Kobe was the same way. You're shooting that 21st shot and you're making it. Like that's yep. just how that was their mentality. I think Trey's yep. got that to a certain extent. Like those were two big threes he made at the end of the game over a guy who wasn't playing well. Yep, right? I agree. I he, mean, that's, uh, he does. He does have that. Like, like that. Uh, I'm. I'm the best out here. You want to talk about the antithesis of Simmons? That is. Yep. That is Trey Young. Yep. Right. So. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I don't. But now listen, we say all that. I think the Hawks legitimately have a chance to beat Milwaukee. Like I don't, especially with the bud factor in there, I don't think it's a slam dunk. And I, and I, right now, if someone said, uh, what's the outcome, I'd probably say Milwaukee in seven, but not confidently. Yeah. So, but like the, uh, the big, a big wild card is Bogdanovich. Like he's, if he, he, yeah. they need him to, to get by Milwaukee, they do need him. And if he's banged up and he can't play, then, then that, that lowers my, my thoughts on that. Like you got, you got the Hawks at, uh, Plus three fifty now, so you you can take them to win the yeah. series at plus three fifty, which is which is not not a terrible bet. Or or and if you want to go beyond that, and you want to take uh, the Bucks in seven is is plus four sixty. So there's a there's your two bets you can make. So you can, you can get it right down the game seven and, and and get some decent juice there. But I I yeah I it it wouldn't shock me to see the Bucks go down like they. That no. was their that was their championship this last series. Like that that they yeah. were ge- they were geared up to play the Nets and beat the Nets and 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 when they pulled it off, like that's got to be a big that's got to be a big letdown after that because that, that that feels like it. So if Milwaukee can capitalize or sorry if Atlanta can capitalize on that, yeah, I think I think we do have some uh, some some good games out of us. Well, it's it's interesting too because you could you could take the other side of that too to a certain extent. It could be like monkeys off our back. We beat the Nets and now they're just playing free, right? And True. they're going. Um, or, but I think as soon as Atlanta punches them in the mouth and they realize they're in a series, they'll be like, oh, fuck, we've won nothing here. And, and that could be a problem for them. But the other side of that, too, is you could have Atlanta going, holy shit, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they sort of exhale, right? And go, fuck. Yeah. Okay. What are, what are we doing? So this could go either way. But that being said, I'm telling you right now, I'm betting the Hawks in every, I'm taking the points in every game. Hawks are playing with house money. Like the Hawks are, yeah. are, are, they're, they're, they're not expected to be anywhere where they are now. So I think they can just let loose and, and, and give at her. And I don't think, I think the Bucks are still like, okay, we got to prove ourselves. We still not, we're still not there. And I right. think they're going to, they've won nothing. Gonna, yeah. They've won nothing. And I think they know they're still in the hot seat if they don't get by the Hawks. So yeah, that, that, that the way the team, that Hawks team moves the ball and the fact they play with, with a carefree attitude. I, yeah. It, I, it wouldn't shock me. Definitely would not shock no, me. No, wouldn't shock me. The different, I think we're, the Hawks could be in big trouble is, uh, you know, they got holiday garden um, holidays considered one of the top yeah. on ball defenders. He's going to run around and chase Trey all over the place, but I think Trey Trey's going to be okay with it, but that, yeah, that could be a, a, a factor. Um, I'm not sure Trey needs to score 20, 25 points in to win. Like he, he, he does that little pick and roll with that pick and roll with Capella where he throws up the alley-oop. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, he's got that down to a science. So I think he can create and make everybody else around him look a lot better. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not banking on, I'm not betting Atlanta saying I'm going to make this back. Cause I think, I think Trey's going to get 25 points. I'm betting it thinking that they're just going to be able to, to, to share the ball around it. All right. All right. Listen for a two man pod. We got to go. We got to move on. Okay. What, what are we, right. what are we like 40 minutes in already? Uh, yeah, we got it. <laughs> We got to get out of here. Uh, so, but yes, I agree with you. Uh, I, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. More next week. Yeah. Uh, all right. Gambling. 
Do you have any gambling for us this week? I'm going to give you my not to make the cut picks, which I think are a lock this week. I got a, I got a couple, lock. couple things here. I, and I, and I, I've said this many times and I'm going to bring it up again. So they had the big U S open on the weekend. I made some bets on Thursday. I chased some bets on Friday. Then on Sunday at noon, uh, no, it wasn't noon. So Sunday after nine holes for the final groups, I decided I'm going to put my money on ROM at plus 150, fairly large bet. So hit the ROM bet, broke dead even on the week because I got all covered all my other losses that I did all the way along the way. And it goes back to if you're going to bet golf, wait till wait till the back nine on Sunday afternoon. That's the that's the only way you consistently make money betting golf. So that's well, that's my I, that's my tip of the golf. Thing. I'm not even sure you can consistently do it. It's your best chance at yeah. making money. Yeah. Uh, listen, I lost every U.S. Open bet I made, uh, <laughs> and I was all around it. I was all right. Fucking Morikawa doesn't shit the bed. Uh, I had him to finish top three, yeah. uh, which would have which would have more than made up for all my other uh, losses. But fuck, of course, he couldn't. He missed a bunch of short putts in the backside. Makes that horrible double on 13 and a par five. It was just, it was ridiculous. So listen, when the golf gambling site gets up and running, which it's going to, I'm now convinced more than ever. It's just, if you start a golf gambling site, you can't, it's just open your wallet and let the money pour in, pour in, pour in, yeah. just pour in. That's coming. The borderline Raptors golf site is coming. Uh, so, all my, right, so listen, my, on, my second, my second one, my second one is okay, we are now heading in to the elimination round for the Euro cup. So now it's the teams you lose, you lose, you're done. You win, you go on. So it gets to this uh, straight knockout. Get on those first half ties. First half tie. The games. These guys, much like the first, the first round of the they played, they played three rounds now. Much of the first round where most of the games were ties in that first half. They come a little cautious. They're getting started. They want to. They don't want to. They don't want to fall behind. They're protecting the lead or they're protecting the tie basically. So I think you're going to see that now in the in the in the later rounds is. Nobody's going to take gambles in the first half, so I'm going to I'm going to be right in the first half ties in the uh, in the Euro uh, playoffs now going through. Yeah, I might uh, I might dabble in that actually. That makes more sense than, than the round robin because I you know I was tracking the round robins the last few days of the first half ties. Not quite as many. No, second and third round. The first round, <laughs> yeah. first round was on fire. The second and third round, nah, not not no. on fire. Not a, <laughs> a lot of one nothing, two nothing at half. There yeah, was, it was. <laughs> uh, all right, but listen for me for our golf fans out there. The most fun bet you can have out there is the Thursday, Friday golf bet. Uh, and I've got this week, Harris English and Russell Henley parlayed not to make the cut. Both of them coming off of big weeks, right? English came third out of nowhere last week in the U.S. Open. And then Henley obviously shit the bet on Sunday. Uh, and he'll be disappointed. And they're both going to miss the cut. And that pays seven, seven and a half to one. So there you go. That's free. All right. That's All free. Right. I know it's Tommy Fleetwood almost, almost led after the first round uh, last week. <laughs> Listen, I was close on that one too. And Seek Seek made the cut by one. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, all right, listen. Uh, what drives? What drives you fucking crazy? Go ahead, you start us off. You got a good one. Well, yeah, I, this is, uh, it wasn't my one that I was thinking of early in the week, but after last night, it just, you know, has to be said, we didn't talk about during, uh, when we covered the, the game, but I mean, 33 minutes, 33 minutes, is how long it took to play the last two minutes last night in that, in that NBA basketball game, uh, which is beyond ridiculous. Uh, producer Mike and I were talking about before, the, before the show, 
I mean, think about this. If you're the casual NBA fan and or if you're that fan who just says, I'm going to watch during the playoffs, like that turns you off of watching basketball. The most exciting part of your game, which should be the last in a tight ball game, which should be the last two or three minutes, should not take fucking 33 minutes, should take however much time plus a couple of timeouts. And that's it. And you are done. These reviews, which by the way, how come we can watch the, the first replay and we automatically know right away what the call yep. should be. And it yep. takes them 10 minutes to figure the fuck out. I mean, it's a joke. And how does the NBA not know this is a problem? And how do they not do anything about it? It is so beyond ridiculous. Like it, it, ru it ruins every inch of it. Every inch of the excitement of that game was taken away. And again, it gives a guy like Paul George a free pass. Uh, because you, it gets lost in the shuffle. And the other thing is it gives free timeouts to draw time. plays. It's Big ridiculous. Phoenix never runs that play at the end of the game if they don't have that no. review near the end to give them a chance to set up that play. Yeah. So it, it's crazy. The NBA has to fix it, but Jesus Christ, that is driving me crazy. Like the end of a basketball game should never be more than a couple minutes of what the actual time is on uh, on the clock, right? So if it's two minutes left, it takes five minutes. That's it. Yeah, and Beverly's wave every time something happened. Beverly's waving his hand in there. Got to review this. And the guy who's on, I don't know, he's on crack or crystal meth. Something. The guy looks like a crazy man, but he's 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 waving his hand <laughs> there. We gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta challenge everything. And for God's sakes, centralize this. If you're gonna do it, you have to do it. You feel like you need to do it from the NBA. Centralize this. Like you get you get the three refs get together and the two and the two decide who saw the best the best at, at angle of yeah. it the other one stands aside and then they talk about it then they talk about what they what they both saw then they put their headphones on then they look at the, they look at it in the camera like like you know that's got to be a 30 second decision from New York City that pipes in says Phoenix ball let's go like yeah. like you have to you have to take that away from the officials cuz the officials take five minutes to 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 even get started on looking in this where the guys in New York can just pull it up Fast forward it, screen through it, send a little text down. Here we go. You guys are back in play. You know like it's, or, it's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous the way they, they do it. You know what? Or get them over to that screen, put it up there, put the replay up for 30 seconds, right? Have the yep. fucking Jeopardy music play in the stadium. Yep. Yeah. Right? And at the, end of, yeah. at the end of the 30 seconds, the screen goes dark and you make a call. Yeah. And that's it, right? And that on. is it. Yeah. And move on because it's like, we almost have to go back to the old days of when it was just a uh, human eye made the call and live with it. Yeah. Like, and if you, if the replay is, I can't figure it out after 30 seconds, then we're going to go with the call on the floor. That's it. Yeah. And if it's not right, glaring, it. if it's not glaringly obvious, like, like the one steal by Beverly, when uh, Booker was going around him and, and, and Beverly's hand got in there and hit the ball. So it impeded Booker going through and the ball went out of bounds. And like, they looked at that forever and maybe it was on Booker's hand for a little bit more. But if you had called that, Phoenix ball, nobody, nobody would have ever questioned that. Like everybody said, right. yeah, that's obviously Beverly got his hand on he that and pushed it, it away. Yeah, Maybe it was a second longer or a millisecond longer on Brooker's hand, but but he made the defensive play. And the fact they overturned that is like, that shows how flawed this system is because of the fact that everybody and their sister thought that should be Phoenix's ball. Um, and nobody would have refuted that. And the fact they had to go to the replay and change it because it just that, that I, you know, lost the integrity of it. I can't wait to get Mr. Armstrong back on the pod and, and oh, rip into him. He's he rip into him. He's on the he, rules committee. Do something about it, Jack. He he hates it. He hates it. I know, of course he does. But you know what, Jack? It. Step up. <laughs> Announce your presence with authority on that committee. Let him know. Canada's tired of it. <laughs> All right, kids, what do you got? Drives it crazy. So what drives me crazy is the misinformation out there on websites and chat rooms for those that are the anti-vaxxers. So for the people who choose not to get right. vaccines, the misinformation out there 
is is shocking. Like educating people inaccurately about the vaccine without any sort of science backing, uh, telling people the repercussions of getting the vaccine without any proven metrics on what they're telling people. If you do not want to get the vaccine, that's your personal choice. That's fine. But do not go out there and try to spread fear into others without anything that has any document documented scientific backing to yeah. it or any or any or in history like like just you can't just go out there and edge and 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 said the vaccines are terrible because of this when you have no proof that that certain situation is going to happen so it if, if you're an anti-vaxxer fine that's your choice you're gonna you're gonna have to live in isolation for a little bit longer but don't try to plant seeds in these people's heads without any sort of factual information yourself Drives me well crazy. i mean it it is ridiculous that that, I mean, again, this come. I mean, there's so many tentacles here to this, uh, what you just brought up. I mean, the whole ability to spread this sort of stuff on mass without anyone fact checking it themselves. Like the fact I would never want a platform, right. That I've created where someone could do that. Like, I think the Twitters, we've talked about this before. I think the Twitters, the Amazons, the Google, like they have to sit there and go, yeah, you know, we're not going to allow that sort of shit because it, uh, on our platform, because it just creates horrible outcomes. Nothing good comes from it. Right. Nothing good comes from it. Uh, so that's a, that's one part of it. And then, yeah, I mean, listen, I've talked to a few people who have said, listen, I'm not comfortable taking it because it hasn't gone through the normal two and a half year process. At the end. Like, I kind of like, OK, you know what? I respect that. Like, I can yeah. sit there and go, hey, you want to wait because of that? You're not saying you won't take it. You're just saying, hey, I'd rather wait for it to go through. You know, I get it. Right. But when you come up and say, I'm not taking it because it does this to my body or it has this impact or this is going to cause cancer, it's like, fuck off. Right. Yeah. You have you have no, no way clue. of knowing this. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a thing in Ohio uh, at the state legislation the other day where they had these people come up and these anti-vaxxers were presenting in front of these fucking committees. And this one woman's like, the vaccine causes you to become a magnet. And she puts this, she tries to put a key on her neck to say, look, it, I took the vaccine and I'm now I'm magnetized. I become magnetized. <laughs> <laughs> you can look it up. YouTube the video. It's fucking awesome. She puts the key on her neck like 17 times and it falls off immediately every time. She can never get it to magnetize. Yet she's like, I'm I'm magnetized. I'm you got other people up there with coins trying to do it. It always falls off. It's it's incredible. But it's just like, yeah, come on, you crazies. Yeah, you crazies. Come and the problem on. is it it it's convincing the crazies. So it's convincing. Yeah. So it's the craziest feeding the crazies, and they're just making more stuff up. And you're like, Jesus. Well, and unfortunately, it's feeding the, the crazies who don't even know they're crazies yet. <laughs> true. That's true. Right? Let's yeah. delay that process too if we can. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not have all the crazies come out at once. <laughs> I know. It's nuts. Nuts. All right. Uh, anyway. Listen, we got we to gotta get out of here. AOB. Uh, I've got, got two things got for you. I got nothing. Get I got nothing? Nothing. Oh, nothing. I got two, two quick ones. I just wrote one was this morning. How about OG playing for Team Nigeria for the uh, his Olympic team? I, I did team not know Nigeria. that. I yeah, did not know that. Oh. Uh, congrats, OG. I had no idea. Uh, and then. Um, Probably blow his ACL. As I was. Uh, yeah, yeah, Probably. For team to lose in their qualifying round. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so big news. Uh, it's cottage time. So I'm at the cottage currently. Uh, Kitch, you'll be joining in a few weeks when you, yep. during your rental. Uh, and I and I so I as I was coming out to do the pod today, I asked John. I said, John, anything you want me to tell Kitch on the uh, on the pod today? And he did. He he said, please let Kitch know that I've been beating you, Dad, at ping pong on multiple occasions so far and that he's ready for you when you, when you show up, cause you and Johnny used to have some battles. Uh, and then he also wanted to make sure that you were aware that the golf, uh, the golf was on and that he will be working on his game and he's, and he's ready for the Bobby kitsch dad, Johnny challenge. 
So uh, Bobby but, and I have got, got it for sure. We'll get inside Johnny's head. There's a, oh there's a lot God. happening in there. Yeah. There's a lot happening inside that. Head. So we have floating golf balls, right? That we hit the end of our dock and that's yeah. all they've been doing in quarantine, right? That's all they've been doing in quarantine. It's a, uh, and Johnny uh, cools a cucumber out there. Um, Bobby is so far in his head uh, at <laughs> yeah, the moment. I could, I could see that. Actually. So far in his head <laughs> last night, he was, I can't play golf anymore. Two days ago, it was that I want to quit tennis and become a golf pro to yesterday on the couch going, I can't, I can't figure it out. I can't hit a ball straight. I don't want to play golf anymore. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm telling you. And then of course, in this morning, first thing back out there, this morning, hitting hit golf balls. He's gone from hitting seven irons. Now he's in the nine irons. He's all over the map. You, if your golf game is any, uh, anywhere near what it was in Hilton head, Johnny and I, I don't think we'll see the back nine anytime we play you guys because it'll be over by then. It'll be over. <laughs> Tell Bobby hey, to build what? that handicap. Tell Bobby to build that handicap up. <laughs> uh, well, he is. Don't worry. Trust me, he is. Uh, I'll tell you, Johnny. Johnny's got a good little short game on him. And the other thing with Johnny too, if you if he wants to be, you better get him working. You better get him hitting about a hundred backhands a day in ping pong. Because he he, he, <laughs> he has like he's got no back. He does not like the back. I just pull him up, pull him to the forehand, and then hit one to the backhand, and it's over. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's finally learned how to hold the paddle properly. He's got the volley grip on the paddle. Uh, so he should be, he should be okay. He's better. Okay. His backhand's definitely better. Much okay. Good. All right. All right. Listen, we got to go. Uh, okay. Producer Mike, hit the Kawhi button. Kawhi, get us out of here. Come on home, Kawhi. Come on home. Yeah. Come back to us. Kawhi up top. Looks at the clock. Turns the corner for the win. Ha, 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 ha.